Love Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody, and live from the Chip Kelly Vigil at the University of Oregon, it's the Fourth and Inches show with Jenna <laughs> and the Sherpa. Jenna, I um, understand you're not feeling so hot this week, but uh, you had to be feeling pretty good last week with uh, Dallas holding off the Redskins and winning their 10th game in a row and locking up a playoff spot, I think. That was nice. Most of my family was not speaking to me by the end of Thanksgiving as I live in a family of diehard Eagles fans. But you know what? I still got some good food. I got a win. I, I'm counting it as a good day. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, Eagles fans not so much on Monday night as they posted no, no. Uh, Aaron Rodgers. And you were right about that game, and I was wrong. I thought the Eagles would would send off the Packers, and I thought the Packers were on their um, on their 10th or 11th life, but apparently I was wrong about that, and they're still somehow in the playoff jumble in the NFC, although I still don't think they're very likely to pull through. Yeah, I I mean, I think the Eagles are in a little bit of trouble now. It's, it's a lot tougher to make the playoffs now with that loss, but I mean, I think the Packers still have an outside chance, obviously, as uh, one of my Super Bowl picks, I would like to see them continue to win games because that's just better overall for all of us, but we'll see what happens. Wait, I thought you picked Arizona. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> it's just, I wanted, uh-huh. it was, I was between the two. I ended up going Arizona, but, you know, I I, I want to at least look like I have some semblance of an idea of what I'm doing here. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, Arizona, that's, that's the dream. not so much. Arizona, that's <laughs> Are you ready? I'm I'm ready to admit I was wrong. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I think they're going to win this, this week. Year. Everything's going to be okay. No, now now you're living in La La Land. But uh, I mean, now might be a good you, time uh, to to reiterate the fact that I'm running on almost no sleep here. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, we'll forgive you that. Um, let's see if you can uh, give out our contact info without snoring. I'll see what I can do, but we will be here for the full hour until 10 p.m. Eastern time, as we are every Wednesday night with all of your news and notes. We've got every game prediction, your waiver wire picks, who to start, who to sit, daily fantasy picks, injuries, all that good stuff. Uh, We only have two teams on a bye this week, so life is good. But if you want to have your voice heard during the show throughout the week, you have questions, we have answers. You can find us all over social media on Twitter at JKIM16 and fantasy underscore Sherpa. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at the Fantasy Football Sherpa fan page and at FantasyFootballSherpa.com all week long. Uh, like I said, we're always there to help. But in the meantime, we've got a nice action-packed show for you tonight. We do, and I even have a special bonus that I prepared for the wide receivers Ooh. and tight section as we uh, <laughs> get closer to fantasy playoff time. You, you, I, I detect a note of cynicism there. but uh, Not at all. I'm, in, I'm intrigued. I like it. Okay. All right, so there's your teaser. Okay, so shall we just hop right into the game predictions? Yeah, um, why don't yeah we do I mean, that? spoiler so, alert, I'm pretty hyped for the Thursday night game this week, but still very, very fearful. <laughs> okay, so just as a general theme, I think this week's games, this week being the last week of the regular season for most uh, fantasy leagues that have six teams make the playoffs or eight, yeah, this being mm-hmm. the last week of the regular Season, I think there are going to be a lot of low-scoring games this week, which doesn't really yeah, I think help so. things a lot. And it also makes it pretty slim pickings on the waiver wire, I'm afraid. But we'll see if we can find a few diamonds in the rough for you. Leading off on Thursday night, we've got two teams playing their second consecutive Thursday game. We've got Dallas on the road at Minnesota. Both, of course, played on Thanksgiving. Dallas, of course, was at home and beat Washington. Minnesota was on the road and lost to Detroit. I think Dallas, you know, they and Buffalo have had the best run games all in the league all season long. Minnesota's defense is okay, but I think Dallas is going to be able to keep up the run game. Minnesota, not much of a pass game so far, but Minnesota, Dallas, not much of a pass defense. So when you combine those two together, I expect that it'll be a relatively low-scoring game, but I have Dallas on top. I'll go with a final score of Dallas 24, Minnesota 17. I I also have Dallas winning this. I have it 21-17. I think that it's going to have to be more the run game that wins this for Dallas. Um, But I I could see a scenario where Minnesota, 
is able to pull off the upset here. Their special teams has really been the difference maker the last couple of weeks, and Dallas's defense is, you know, not not running their A team out there right now. They're surviving, but they're not really thriving. And I think this, I I mean, it's not Sam Bradford that's going to beat the the Cowboys, but I think that there's a possibility. But I think uh, odds are Dallas probably comes out on top. That's what I'm hoping for. Well, if they can get by the, the Vikings, they've got a road game against my beloved Giants next week. It's going you know, to be a tough week for us next week. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. Well, the first week of the season was pretty tough, but then you really didn't know what to expect. Now you've got uh, two yeah. teams that could conceivably be on a 11-game and a seven-game win streak, respectively, although as we get to in a little bit, I don't think that's going to be the case. And since I've already picked out this mm-hmm. By process of elimination means I'm picking against my Giants this week, but we'll get to that later. So first up for the Sunday games, we've got Miami at Baltimore. Miami looking a lot better recently, but I just think Baltimore's defense is going to be be too much here um, at home. I think they're going to be able to run the ball at will against Miami's defense, and I think that all adds up to a Baltimore victory. Baltimore 24, Miami 17. I actually have Miami winning this 28-23. Uh, I, I don't necessarily think that, like you said, a lot of these games are going to be very high scoring. This is one of the higher scoring games, I guess, if you you factor both sides in. Um, I, but I think Miami's defense can slow down Baltimore. I think that Ryan Tannehill maybe isn't going to have the best day ever, but that Miami's going to piece this together, and they're going to come out on top might not be the prettiest thing in the world, but I think they'll be able to do it. As a JHI owner, I, I hope that's the case, but um, I'm not uh, <laughs> counting on him having a big week this week. So um, moving right along, we've got San Francisco at Chicago in a battle of two teams that will probably have pretty high draft choices um, next week. Uh, not next week, uh, next um, May. When the draft comes here to Philadelphia. It's kind of the same thing for them. (laughs) Yes. And then next May can't come soon enough, I suppose. So this game, I think both the run defenses are pretty suspect. And it seems to be the strength of both offenses. So I'm predicting a lot of running yardage here, rushing yardage here. But I'll take the home team by a field goal. I'll go with Chicago 24, San Francisco 21. I'm going to take San Francisco 21-17. Not a ton, a ton of confidence in San Francisco. I just, I don't believe in this offense really at all. I think Carlos Hyde is going to have a nice game, but on the flip side, Jordan Howard's going to be huge as well. This could come down to whoever gets the ball last. I'm going to take San Francisco just because there's a little more chemistry. Matt Barkley's still finding his way. He wasn't bad last week, but, you know, he didn't exactly light the world on fire either. Hmm? Oh, okay. So that's because he went to USC. That's my oh yeah, that's of my, course. Uh, interpretation of things. Well, you figure he's he he got in. You know, Cody Kessler's had a few good games this year. Carson Palmer, well, he's had a few good games, but a lot more were expected of him. But uh, anyway, uh, they're making us all forget Matt Leinert and uh, John David Booty. So oh. anyway, those ones didn't work out Green that great. Day, no, some of those did not work out that great. Um, Houston at Green Bay. I'm going to say that you know, the home team wins again here by a field goal. You know, Houston, good pass defense, not such a good run defense. Green Bay, more of a passing team than a running team, but I think the run game is going to be good enough to take advantage of Houston's weakness on the rushing defense. So I, Again, pretty low-scoring game, but I'll say Green Bay – takes this um, 20 to 17, and then I'm going to ask you what you think of uh, Devontae Adams. Uh, I'm very much a fan of Devontae Adams. I think this trend is going to continue. I think he's what? (laughs) Well, just because Houston has a really good pass defense, would you you start him? I'd still start him. I I mean, not a secret. I am not the biggest Houston supporter here. Um, but I think Green Bay is winning this by 10. I have them up 27-17. I don't think the Houston defense, despite them having a 
much better pass defense than the Eagles did. I, I don't think they're going to slow down Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams quite as much as everybody else. I think Randall Cobb may may have a tougher day. Um, I, I'd rather sit him than Devontae Adams, I think, this week. Can we count on Devontae Adams yet, you think? I mean, it seems like he's had yes. a couple of big games before the season, and then all of a sudden he disappears for a week or two. And I'm not sure if you're in the running for a playoff berth and don't have mm-hmm. a spot clinched yet. I'm not sure you take that chance. Do you? I mean, it would really depend on what else was in my lineup, but I'd be I'd be okay with taking that risk compared to maybe some other. Like, I'd rather have Devontae Adams out there than, say, DeAndre Hopkins this week. Uh, interesting. I, I would probably agree with you on that, but um, I'd have to think that one over. So next mm-hmm. we've got Kansas City at Atlanta. Kansas City, yeah, not sure what to think of them. They didn't look good against against Tampa, although they did almost come back and win that game. And then they won the the um, Sunday night game at Denver on a bank shot field goal in overtime. And this week at Atlanta, I think their passing game is going to do really well, but I just don't see them being able to stop Atlanta either on the ground or through the air, so I think Atlanta wins this one in one of the late, less competitive games this week. I'll go with Atlanta to win by 11-31-20. This feels like we're we're on uh, a pretty good roll here with not agreeing on things. <laughs> I'm going to take Kansas City. They're bouncing back. I've got them winning 27-23, and I – they're getting Jeremy Macklin back. This offense is going to look a little more put together. Um, I think the defense really in that game last week uh, was better than maybe things looked uh, by the final score. But I think their defense is going to be the difference. Atlanta will be good. They'll put up a fight. But I think Kansas City is going to be a little better, and that's going to be on their defense. Hey, Los Angeles at New England. I don't see this one being particularly competitive either, but since the Rams have a pretty good pass defense, I think they'll keep Tom Brady somewhat in check, especially if he doesn't have Rob Gronkowski. So I think New England's going to live and die by the run this week, but I still think they win pretty easily. I'll take final score of New England 27, Los Angeles 17. Granted, uh, Tom Brady seems to be having some knee issues. He'll play, he'll be fine. But I I still think that he's going to have a pretty nice day. I have them winning 31-17. The Rams looked better last week, for sure, Uh, and it's something to build off of. I just don't think this is the best matchup for them, especially in Foxborough. It's going to be a tough day for Jared Goff, but, you know, they at least look better. They're trending in the right direction, so that's something. Who do you think ends up with having a better uh, pro career, Jared Goff or Carson Wentz? Oh, that's tough. Um, I'm going to say Carson Wentz. Yeah, I'm not. I think school's out on that. I mean, of course. You know, I Goff I really like both of them, of and, and I I was a Carson Wentz fan coming out of of North Dakota State, but I I just I mean maybe it's I've been no able to see more of them. He's he's got no receivers this year. I mean that that Philadelphia yeah. receiving core has to be one of the worst in the it's, league at this point. It's the it actual worst, I think. Statistically, it's really terrible. <laughs> yeah, I mean he doesn't yeah, have anybody oh. that can catch a football. It's a problem. Well, I mean, if Jordan Matthews were healthy, okay, and I know Doriel Green. Yeah, but even Jordan Matthews involved, isn't but... even. On on a third of the teams in this league, he's not even the best number two wide receiver, let alone a, a standout number one. I think that he's a very serviceable number two, but he should not be your number one wide receiver. I just I don't think that's the right spot for him. I think that if they get another two receivers on that team, I, that it's a whole different world. Well, it'll be interesting to see what they end up doing with that pick from the the. Vikings yeah, next mm-hmm. spring, which is probably not going to be that high of a pick. They'll probably be picking somewhere in the middle of the first round. My odds you know, would be on they're going after a wide receiver at that spot since most of the 
dominant lineman on both the offensive and defensive side of the ball probably be gone at that point. Yeah. And, uh, It'll be interesting, in though. Plus, they're in Philly, so that's... Yeah, that's true with the, the home field advantage for the draft there. But uh, just in case you're curious, there are actually six teams, um, the Dolphins, Jets, Rams, 49ers, Texans, and Bills that are all averaging fewer yards per game on the pass wow. and from the Eagles. Really? Yeah. That's amazing. So, okay. So why don't oh. we just, um, after that little sidebar, why don't we keep going? Oh, um, one last thing. Uh, Malcolm Mitchell, are you buying or not for New England? Do you think there's uh, I'm not ready to buy that. Tom Brady or anything? Okay. Yeah, I just, no, okay. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not sold yet. All right, moving on, we've got Detroit at New Orleans. Um, it's hard to know what to make of this. I think Detroit's the better team, but just in the way they match up, I think New Orleans will be able to do a little bit more. Detroit isn't going to be able to run the ball much, if at all, against New Orleans. I think they're going to be living and dying by the pass. Might be a good way to get Anquan Bolden if he's out there on the waiver wire and you need a wide receiver option. We'll get to that more later. But yeah. um, I, I still think this is another one of these games where I'm um, Got the home team winning by a field goal. I'll go with the final score. New Orleans 24, Detroit 21. I never pick against New Orleans at home. I've got them winning 30-24. I think this is this is a game there's going to be a lot of fantasy points. Uh, this as, as we go through and make our recommendations in the daily fantasy picks, I think you're going to see a lot of names from both sides of the ball here. And I think this is going to be a, a fun one to watch. It's going to be competitive the whole way. And I agree with you. I think Detroit probably is the better of the two teams, but it's just that home field advantage for Breeze is just on another level in New Orleans. Although Matt Prater is having a out-of-his-mind season this year, although most yeah, of that is. has to do with Matthew Stafford uh, leading all those fourth-quarter comebacks. should be a, a fun one to watch. Next, we've mm-hmm. got Philadelphia at Cincinnati, and in spite of my poo-pooing Carson Wentz and the Philadelphia receiving core before, I'm actually going to pick them to win on the road at Cincinnati this week. I think their run game, Cincinnati's not going to be able to stop it, and I think they're going to grind out a 24-21 victory, and I know you're going to disagree with that pick. Actually, believe it or not, I'm not. I'm picking the Eagles to win this week, too. I have them winning 24-20. I know it feels weird, I don't like picking against the Ginger Ninja, especially in the 1 o'clock time slot. He is money there. Um, but being without A.J. Green makes me a little nervous. He's not ruled out yet, but he's not going to play this week. Um, I'm all in on Darren Sproles. I have been uh, throughout the season. He's my favorite of the, the running back plethora the Eagles have. It looks like Ryan Matthews may not play again this week. So uh, I think Darren Sproles is a difference maker here. That's going to be what wins this game. Yeah, perhaps. I mean, Wendell Smallwood looked good in, in burst. I'm not, um, I just I can't get Monday on board night. with Wendell Smallwood. He puts the ball on the ground too much. It makes me crazy. All right. So moving on, we've got Denver at Jacksonville. This one seems like it should be a mismatch on paper and on the field. It probably, I don't think, will be as much of a mismatch. I think both these teams are going to be able to run it down the other team's throats, which should keep the score relatively low but I still think the better team wins here. I'll go with Denver 27, Jacksonville 21 to keep their somewhat shaky, although I'm not as down on them as some other people, but I think they'll win this uh, 27-21 and keep their playoff hopes alive. I I picked Denver 21-14. I'm going to stick with it despite the fact Trevor Simeon's walking around in a walking boot. Uh, the de- the defense is just going to be the difference maker. Blaze- Blake Bortles has been making too many poor decisions, uh, and you it's a lot harder to get away with those against a defense like this Denver defense, and I think that's their undoing this week. I love Blake Bortles, but I don't love this matchup for him, um, and the fact that his wide receivers are pretty banged up, it's just it- it's got bad news written all over it. I would love for it to go the other way, but I think Denver's going to win this by a touchdown. Okay, next up we've got Buffalo at Oakland, obviously a late game. And yeah, Oakland, a lot of offense, not much defense. Buffalo, a lot of run offense, not much pass offense. But 
I think they're going to get enough of a passing game together here to make a difference and pull out this win. So I'm going to go with uh, Buffalo on the road by field goal. I'll say Buffalo 24, Oakland 21. I have Oakland winning 31-24, so we're seeing this one a little bit differently. Um, I just – Buffalo's good. I like what Tyrod Taylor's doing. Their defense is no slouch. But I think Oakland at home on the streak they're on now, I'm not worried about Derek Carr's pinky being you know, fractured in a couple pieces, whatever, sprained, whatever we're going to call it. I think he's going to be fine. And I think that the fact that Buffalo's wide receiving core is a little banged up uh, is going to hurt them in the long run. So I'm taking Oakland to win this and keep the streak going. Okay, next up we've got Tampa at San Diego. This should be a pretty high-scoring game. I think this will be the highest-scoring game of the um, of the week when you combine the two teams' scores. And I'm going to go with another field goal game, but this time again I'm going to go with the road team. I'll say Jameis Winston keeps his win streak alive. Uh, Tampa 31, San Diego 28. And I'm guessing you're going to disagree with that pick. Yep, yep, taking San Diego. I'm going 27-24. I like what Tampa's doing. I think Jameis Winston is is a a nice little sleeper pick this week. But Philip Rivers, man, and San Diego, I think at home, I think they're going to have a nice day. Uh, their defense is better than people give them credit for, and I think they're going to slow down the Tampa offense just enough that they can sneak out a victory here. It's gonna, I don't see them being able to pass the ball a lot against Tampa Bay, but you know it should be interesting because I think San Diego is going to be relying heavily on the run, and Melvin Gordon is going to get a lot of work. And for Tampa, it wouldn't surprise me if Jameis Winston ends up throwing 50 times Again, this it week. wouldn't surprise so, me either. That'll be an interesting game. So, speaking of interesting games, we've got Washington. Hard to know what to make of them. I think I was probably the only person that I know picking them to win last week, and yep, you know they almost pulled it off, but um, almost doesn't count in the NFL. So, <laughs> um, this week at Arizona, I don't think they're going to be quite as almost. Although I think they keep it close. Arizona, David Johnson, assuming he's healthy, I think they're just going to run all over Washington and pull out the victory. Arizona 24, Washington 17. See, I actually see this being closer, and I wouldn't be completely shocked if Washington were to find a way to win this game. I'm taking Arizona. Like you said, it's the David Johnson show. Carson Palmer is is kind of more of a facilitator at this point, but I think he could could play a part and have a nice day with Larry Fitzgerald. Um, I'm taking Arizona in a closer game, 27-24. I, I think it'll be an interesting one to watch. Okay, next up we've got my beloved Giants, owners of a six-game win streak on the road against um, Pittsburgh. And I don't know, yeah, I know Plexico Burris played for both teams in the Super Bowl, but um, other than that, you know, not sure. Uh, <laughs> not, not a ton really, of storylines there for you. <laughs> not a ton of storylines. So actually, I'm not sure that he plays. I'd have to go back and double-check whether he was actually in a Super Bowl with Pittsburgh or not. But um, you know, Giants, Steelers, I think both of these teams are going to be relying heavily on the pass. And you know, I, I don't see the Giants being able to rack up seven sacks this week. I think Big Ben, even if he's not you know, fully healthy and his wide receivers certainly aren't fully healthy, but uh, I'm going to pick them to win again by a field goal on at home. Pittsburgh 27, Giants 24 as the Giants' winning streak comes to an end. I, uh, not to rub it in, I'm also not picking the Giants to win this game. Uh, I'm taking Pittsburgh also by a field goal, 31-28. I, I think this is going to be the highest scoring game of the day. It's going to be a shootout. And it's, I think, going to come down to Big Ben leading them on a a two-minute drill that's going to win the game for them. Like, I think that the Giants will keep this a lot more respectable than maybe I would have thought a few weeks ago. Um, So props to them for that. But, you know, I I just think Pittsburgh's offense overall is a little bit more potent. Well, the Giants have one of the top five run defenses in terms of yards allowed 
per game, mm-hmm. you know, least yards allowed per game, which, you know, at the beginning of the season certainly didn't look like that was going to be the case. But you know, they've, you know, come together pretty well as a unit. But I think, you know, with Le'Veon Bell, Pittsburgh at least has some semblance of a threat at running backwards. I just don't see the Giants having anything. I mean, you can talk Paul Perkins, you can talk you know, Rashad Jennings, but I just I really don't see much to get excited about there. Again, wouldn't surprise me if Eli winds up throwing 50 times in this game. He really but, might. Uh, he really might. Yeah, it just, I don't know. It's, it's, I don't have a good feeling about this game, but uh, again, the the nice thing about this is once the Giants get through this, I think uh, you know, three of their last four games are at home or maybe it's, yeah, but um, so we'll see. Hopefully they get through this, but not uh, counting on it. Next, we've got a really intriguing matchup. We've got Carolina at Seattle. Carolina really never hitting on all cylinders all year. Um, Seattle, you know, years past the run game, has been their bread and butter this year, much more the pass. I think that's going to continue to be the case this week. Carolina, you know, pretty good offense, you know, both run and pass, but yeah, that Seattle pass defense is going to be too much for them to manage some yardage running, but I still don't think they keep this too close. I'll go with the final score here of Seattle 27, Carolina 17. I have Seattle 28 uh, over Carolina's 21 points. I just Neither of these teams have looked the way that we expected them to look. Seattle had a rough one last week. Um, I just, Carolina's too banged up. Going to Seattle, not the easiest thing to do in the world when you're healthy, let alone when you have as many injuries that you're working through and just overall dysfunction. Uh, so for me, I find it pretty hard to see a way that Carolina is going to win this game. Okay, and then wrapping up, that's the Sunday night game, and then we wrap up on Monday with Indianapolis at the Jets. Um, what's the latest on Andrew Luck? I think I saw that he was trending towards he, playing. Um, he has cleared out of the concussion protocol. He's going to be good to go this week. Okay, I still think the Jets win this game, I think. Indy's defense is just, you know, really horrific. Jets, you know, I think Matt Forte is going to be able to do just enough, and Ryan Fitzpatrick should have all day to throw, and got, you know, Brandon Marshall and Quincy Nunwa to throw to. I think that uh, the Jets will win this by touchdown. I'll go with the final score, Jets 28, Colts 21. I actually have Indy winning this 28-20. Um, so we've got a similar score just flipped around. I think Andrew Luck coming back, having that week off to kind of let his body recover a little bit. Uh, just I think that when, you know, the on the big stage Monday night, I think he's going to come up big, and he's going to do enough to win this game. I don't think this is going to be pretty on either side of the ball. I think Ryan Fitzpatrick will have a better day. If you're ever going to play him in a fantasy matchup, this is the week. But I still think that Andrew Luck is gonna is gonna do enough to win this game. Okay, so let's get into the positions then. Let's start off with running backs, and why don't you take us through uh, the injuries that um, we're keeping an eye on this week? All right, uh, not too bad for running backs this week, actually. Mike Gillisley's got a hamstring injury he's dealing with. He's been limited. He's gonna play. Obviously, he's a number two running back, so use that as you will. Um, He's officially listed as questionable, as is Theo Riddick with his ankle injury limited at practice. This is kind of his standard fare for Wednesdays now, so I wouldn't worry too much about that. He'll be on the field this week. Lamar Miller dealing with both ankle and rib injuries. He's limited. He's questionable. He's going to go out there. I'd be a little bit more nervous about that. Uh, It's never a good thing when your running back is dealing with multiple injuries and you need him to be the difference maker. That makes me a little nervous. Chris Ivory's not practicing with a hamstring injury. He's questionable. TJ Yeldon also not practicing with an ankle injury. He's listed as questionable, but he's, I'd say out of the two of them, Chris Ivory's got the best chance of playing and being a difference maker. TJ Yeldon's uh, a little more doubtful. 
Uh, Mark Ingram didn't practice with that toe injury. Keep an eye on that one as the week goes, but I think he should be fine. Latavius Murray, with his ankle injury, was limited at practice. He'll be good to go, as will Ryan Matthews. Uh, Well, at least as of this moment, it looks like Ryan Matthews will play. I think it would be under a limited, you know, kind of snap count, if you will. But that one, keep an eye on it as it goes to Sunday. He is not practicing today with that knee injury, um, but he did get the week off, so maybe maybe he'll be able to make it work. Uh, Shane Vereen's been designated for return from IR with that triceps injury, so keep an eye on that. They have uh, three weeks to do it, so it's not like it'll happen tomorrow, but just something to keep an eye on. Adrian Peterson also running sprints on the sideline at practice. It looks like he's trying to come back uh, for real in December, so we'll, we'll see what happens there. The Vikings, I'm sure, would love to see that happen. Yeah, especially if they're still in the playoff hunt in a couple weeks. Also, I don't think we mentioned, but we should, Cleveland and Tennessee on a bye this week. Yes, lots of, uh, maybe not so much for Cleveland. Cleveland, a few uh, you know, passing game targets in Tennessee, Mariota, and you know, the run game are, are pretty good. You'll probably be missing out there. But, uh, yeah, I'm glad when the byes are over. It just seems weird this season you know, that they actually have a bye week after Thanksgiving. It's pretty late. Yes, we heard. So be it. So in terms of waiver wire recommendations, there's hardly anybody there. I mean, maybe yeah. Jarek McKinnon of Minnesota, even though Matt Asiata is still obviously the preferred option there you know, with Adrian, until Adrian Peterson gets back, but you know, McKinnon's had a few bursts the last few games, and if you're really desperate for a fill-in this week because of injury or buys, you know, he's somebody that's widely available, as they say, so you, know, you probably don't have to beat down the doors um, for any you know, to, to rush to get him, but just somebody to keep in mind if you should need somebody for Sunday. All right, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a tough, tougher waiver wire for running backs for sure this week. Okay, in terms of running back that I'm expecting big things of this week, um, mm-hmm. that list is, yeah, actually it's not as short as it usually is, so you know, I think that's a good sign. But um, just Terrence West is somebody that I think will have a big game, Ezekiel Elliott, um, Carlos Hyde, um, Jordan Howard, John Starks, Devontae Freeman, yeah. New England, I think they're going to run for a lot, but again, it's hard to know whether you know, the Garrett Blunt is still going to be their main guy or whether you know, they're... Belichick shenanigans. To, yeah, what they're going to <laughs> do there, so that's a little tough. Um, Philadelphia, again, if you... I, I love, I think they'll put up a lot of yards as a team, but you know, I'm not sure who's going to be doing the running there. Um, Denver, you know, Devontae Booker, you know, should have a big week, I think. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, Buffalo, you know, with Sean McCoy, should have a big week. Jacksonville, if I knew which one was going to be healthy, I'd say they'd have a big week. Uh, Latavius Murray. Pick Chris Ivory. Definitely pick okay. Chris Ivory out of those two. All right. Uh, Melvin Gordon, uh, David Johnson, uh, Jonathan Stewart, and Matt Forte. So that's my rather extended list for this week. It's a good list. Um, I definitely, I, I'm not sure if you mentioned Theo Riddick, Darren Sproles, Carlos Hyde. Um, I might take a, a flyer on Rashard Jennings as a flex, or if I really, you know, I need to fill a hole here, um, you know, maybe maybe have DeMarco Murray on a buy or something. But uh, overall, I'm pretty okay with most of your list. So, you know, okay. it's it, and then why pretty much we... a no-brainer for, for running backs this week. The matchups are pretty cut and dry, I'd say. Okay, so why don't we move on to wide receiver and a uh, little lengthier list of injuries there. Who's who's oh. on your radar? Is somebody <laughs> that might be a... Yeah, yeah this one, this one on definitely... This uh, wide receiver was hit a little bit harder. Uh, Michael Floyd, uh, list is questionable. He's going to play this week. We saw John Brown leave with that hamstring injury. He missed the end of the game last week. He's listed as questionable. Kamar Aiken not practicing today with a thigh injury. 
Uh, they're calling him questionable as well as Sammy Watkins. He didn't practice. His foot's a little a little more sore than they anticipated after Sunday. Uh, he'll be fine for this week and should not be on a snap count. He's going to be a full go. Uh, Robert Woods, however, still dealing with that knee injury. He's not practicing. He is questionable and very questionable at that, so keep an eye on that one. Kelvin Benjamin dealing with a shoulder injury. He's not practicing, also questionable. I think he'll get out there. I don't know how effective he'll be, though. Maybe not the best matchup uh, to begin with anyway. Eddie Royal not practicing with the toe injury. That's pretty standard fare for Wednesdays. He'll be fine. A.J. Green with that strained hamstring. uh, He's not practicing. They're officially calling him doubtful. I'd be shocked if he played this week. Marvin Jones was limited with a thigh injury. He's questionable. He's going to be good to go. T.Y. Hilton, same deal with his back injury. Uh, Limited at practice, just kind of to give him some more rest. He'll be fine for this weekend. Alan Hearns not practicing with that hamstring injury. I'd be a little more worried about that one. He's listed as questionable. Devontae Parker still dealing with the back injury. This has been going on for a couple of weeks. Uh, So he's not practicing. He will play. Stefan Diggs, questionable with that knee injury, but he's been okay at practice. Julian Edelman didn't practice, just a scheduled maintenance day for his foot so that it doesn't uh, turn into a a bigger deal than like last year. So he'll be fine for this weekend. Michael Crabtree limited with an ankle injury. Jordan Matthews also has an ankle injury. He's not practicing. Um, He missed a lot of time in the game. I would keep an eye on that. They're going to do everything they can to get him on the field, but have a plan B. He did not make it through the game last week. Possibly won't this week again. Tyrell Williams also not practicing with a shoulder injury. He's questionable. Looks like he'll be fine to play this weekend. Okay. Um, the waiver wire this week, a few more options here than there are at um, running back. But I have Anquan Bolden with Detroit being somebody I expect to have a big game this week. Adam Thielen with Minnesota. Um, possibly Taylor Gabriel with Atlanta. Marcus Wilson with Chicago, possibly Malcolm Mitchell with New England, and if you're really desperate, Brandon LaBelle with Cincinnati. Yeah. Yeah, again, another tough week. Yeah. So in terms of um, people I really expect to shine this week, I am not as high on the you know, passing this week as I am on the, the rushing. Um, Kansas City, Jeremy Macklin, I think if he's healthy, could have – a big game, uh, Julio Jones, um, you know, Detroit, maybe Golden Tate. Uh, let's see here. You know, Tampa Bay, you know, Mike Evans, maybe even Adam Humphreys. Pittsburgh, Antonio Brown, Giants. Um, Odell Beckham Jr. and, uh, and uh, Sterling Shepard. Seattle, I think Doug Baldwin, last week you were really high on him. That didn't work out quite so well. It didn't, didn't quite pan out the way I wanted it to. <laughs> no, not quite, I will revise I think, it and be uh, high on him again this week. Yeah, I, I think he'll pay you back in spades this week. Indianapolis, whoever's I was, I was a little there, too far ahead of the trend there. <laughs> yeah. If T.Y. Hilton is healthy, great. Otherwise, you know, Dante Moncrief might be somebody to keep an eye on. And then for the Jets, um, Brandon Marshall and uh, Quincy Nunwa are guys I'd be looking at this week. Yeah, all good options. Uh, Tyrell Williams, I think, could have a nice week. Michael Thomas, Brandon Cooks. Julian Edelman has had a ton of targets over the last two weeks. It hasn't quite worked out into the fantasy points I was hoping it would, but uh, I think this week is going to continue the trend, and since I think it's going to be a higher-scoring game, it's a good week for him. Uh, Sammy Watkins, as long as his foot doesn't explode between now and Sunday, I like starting him. Golden Tate, Marvin Jones, um, Mike Wallace, I think could have an interesting, uh, interesting game here going against his former team that usually bodes well for him. And Stefan Diggs, as much as I'm normally not a Stefan Diggs fan, I think it could be a good matchup for him. Another one of Mike Wallace's former teams. Yeah, he's he's got a couple of them. That <laughs> is. Uh-huh. I think this is number four that he's on now, but uh, anyway. yeah. So, um, anybody um, you want to stay away from this week? Um, not not so much. I'd rather um, because I have that little surprise that oh, I'm not yeah, sure if I should right. bring it on now what or we got? I want to. Well, what I was doing was I was saying, okay, suppose that you know that you're in the playoffs already and. 
you're right. just trying to optimize your roster for the fantasy playoffs. Or yeah, so suppose that's the case. Or you know that you're in the playoffs, but you're not in the running for a bye. If it came down between optimizing your roster for the fantasy weeks and trying to get a bye this week, I'd, I'd definitely be on the side of trying to win a bye. Yeah, you know, get a bye because if I only have to mm-hmm. win two games, you know that's a lot more you know, to my liking than having to win three games. But suppose I'm locked in and I know that either I'm going to be, you know, have I already have a first round bye, or I know that I'm not going to have a first round bye. What I did was I looked at which teams I think have the most favorable passing matchups in weeks 14 through 16 and then tried to identify some players at, uh, at wide receiver and tight end that are likely to be available um, for those. And so I actually came up with three teams that I think have really outstanding uh, passing matchups in weeks 14, 15, and 16. And uh-huh. those three teams are Oakland. Tampa Bay and San Diego. If I just take a little time to talk about each of those, Oakland at Kansas City week 14, at San Diego week 15, and then versus Indianapolis week 16. You don't get much better than that. No. So if either Seth Roberts or Clive or tight end Clive Walford are on the waiver wire, and you have a need, definitely grab those guys. Or even if you just want to try to preemptively keep them away from somebody else in your league who might be figuring this out. Uh, that's something to keep an eye on. At Tampa Bay, they've somehow got um, New Orleans at home this um, in week 14, at Dallas week 15, and then New Orleans on the road week 16. Doesn't get much better than that either. Wide receiver Adam Humphrey is still widely available in a lot of leagues. And if he's yeah. out there and you're in need of a wide receiver, just want to keep somebody away from a potential opponent, uh, he's there for the taking in most leagues. And then finally, San Diego, not real high on them this week, but then you look at their matchups, week 14 through 16, week 14 at Carolina, week 15 versus Oakland, week 16 at Cleveland, another uh, good set of matchups. So um, for them, wide receiver Dontrell Inman had an up-and-down season, but you know, he's still out there in a lot of leagues and he's shown some signs of life the last couple weeks. And then if you're really desperate at tight end, uh, Hunter Henry is also um, still widely available in a lot of leagues. And again, I know Antonio Gates has been the preferred option in recent weeks, but uh, there's no reason that uh, San Diego couldn't take advantage of all those um, favorable passing matchups and work a second tight end into the mix too. Yeah, I mean, absolutely, especially with the way that they they get hit by the injury bug. Uh, There's no reason they can't be running two tight ends out there, and Hunter Henry can't make a difference. And plus, uh, Hunter Henry, we've seen really nice flashes out of him, and, you know, even as, you know, in a deeper league as a flex option, it's something to consider. Okay, so again, that list is wide receiver um, Seth Roberts for Oakland, wide receiver Adam Humphreys for Tampa Bay, Wide receiver Dontrell Inman with San Diego, tight end Clive Walford with Oakland, and tight end Hunter Henry with San Diego. If you're not able to snag one of those and you want to re, um, reach a little deeper into the uh, waiver wire jar, Kansas City has favorable matchups in weeks 14 and 15. Chris Conley could be the beneficiary there. Um, Buffalo, same deal. Um, um, Marquise Goodwin and even Percy Harvin might be available in a lot of leagues. Charles Clay out there in a lot of leagues. Cincinnati has favorable matchups first two playoff weeks. Brandon LaFell out there in most leagues. And then San Francisco, I'm kind of loath to recommend their passing game for anything. But uh, Torrey <laughs> Smith, Quentin Patton, and uh, Jeremy Curley all out there, as is uh, Vance McDonald, the tight end, who might actually be the best you know, fantasy option among that group for the First couple yeah, I think you're probably right playoffs. there. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, that's the Sherpa's public service announcement this week for those like that are trying to gear up for the playoffs and, and think ahead and uh, take advantage of, of some uh, mm-hmm. intelligence before before uh, everybody else uh, figures it out. There you go. I like that. I'm, I'm all about it. I'm really high okay. on Seth Roberts too. Just for the the record. Okay, so why don't we um, get back to our regularly scheduled programming then. Uh, Quarterback, uh, who's on the 
the uh, injured list besides uh, Derek Carr, who we've already talked about. Yeah, so Derek Carr's going to play. He'll be fine. His pinky's a little sore otherwise, so it's good to go. Um, like we also talked about earlier, Andrew Luck is going to be a go this week. He's out of the concussion protocol. Looks good. Uh, Tom Brady's being listed as questionable. He's got a sore knee. Uh, take that for what it will. It's just cold out. I guess his body hurts. There's no real method to the madness there. Uh, Josh McCown's not practicing. He injured his finger. It's kind of always worth keeping an eye on the Browns' backups because you never know when they're going to make it into a game. <laughs> Trevor Simeon's not practicing. Uh, yeah, RG3 has been cleared for contact. Get excited, people. Um, Trevor Simeon's not practicing. He's not cleared for contact, at least today. He's got a foot sprain. He's currently in a walking boot. Um, they think he's going to play. I would keep an eye on that. But see how that goes as the week goes. Aaron Rodgers is dealing with a hamstring injury. He was limited uh, officially. He and Tom Brady are both listed as questionable. Unofficially, they're both absolutely going to be playing, so I wouldn't worry too much about that. Do you think uh, Green Bay will have that tenth set up at home? Maybe. I, you just never know. It was very handy last week. <laughs> yeah. I, I, very I don't, strange. I think they were, you like, don't see that a lot. They're putting defibrillators on him or giving him some kind of... Uh, injections or, or something. But I don't know. It was just so bizarre, wasn't it? Yes. So um, waiver wire recommendation-wise, I just I really have nothing. As you mentioned, all those guys are are pretty likely to play, and if they don't, not sure that I could really, really um, recommend you know, Paxton Lynch with a, you know, with a clear conscience mm-hmm. if you're trying to you know, make or, or move up the rankings for the um, playoff seedings. So I, I I got nothing for you at quarterback this week. Good luck. Roll the dice. <laughs> okay. uh, as so far as, uh, in terms of, as, what was that? Oh, go ahead. You you do the, why don't you go? I was going to say, as, as far as quarterback set, uh, at least I like. I'm sure you'll hopefully agree with a lot of these. Uh, Tyrod Taylor, Drew Brees, Ben Roethlisberger, Matt Ryan, Philip River, Derek Carr, uh, even with you know only nine really working fingers. Alex Smith, maybe more of a flex uh, in this grouping. He's probably on the bottom tier of it. But I like him. Tom Brady, Andrew Luck, Aaron Rodgers, uh, maybe even Colin Kaepernick this week that I'm I'm less excited about, but you know still a viable option. Okay, so for me, Sam Bradford is somebody that you didn't mention. Matt Ryan, uh, Alex Smith, Matthew Stafford, I agree with you. Tyrod Taylor, Jameis Winston, um, both the quarterbacks in the Giants-Steelers game, uh, Russell Wilson, Andrew Luck, even Ryan Fitzpatrick. So those are my top quarterbacks for this week. All right. Uh other than that, I, I'd say Blake Bortles, Trevor Simeon, Andy Dalton, Carson Wentz, guys I'm, I'm probably staying away from this week. I just Nothing good's going to come of those. Okay. So um, yeah. why don't you, um, with the tight ends, I have to take a break for a second here, but I'll be right back. But uh, No problem. Tight ends. Uh, Vernon Davis is my one waiver wire recommendation for this week. And uh, if you can take it for a couple of minutes, I'll be right back. No problem. Uh, We've got a couple of injuries here for sure on the tight end side of things. Uh, Charles Clay, probably the biggest question mark out of this group. He's not practicing with that knee injury. Um, He's somebody you definitely want out in your lineup if he's going to play, but it's probably going to come down to game time. So have a plan B. Uh, Vernon Davis is not a bad option for sure. Gary Barnage is questionable. He should be fine. He's dealing with a knee injury. Uh, C.G. Federitz, again, uh, kind of ever-present on this list with a shoulder injury. He's limited to practice, officially questionable, will be a good to go. Julius Thomas dealing with a back injury. He didn't practice. I'd keep a closer eye on that. Uh, Rob Gronkowski, back injury as well. We've been dealing with this for two weeks. He's not practicing. Questionable. It looks like he's going to play this week, though which means Martellus Bennett suddenly becoming a lot uh, less valuable in your league. So, again, know that. Plan ahead. Uh, go pick up Clive Walford. <laughs> Brandon Myers, Jimmy Graham, both questionable. They'll be fine. Jordan Reed, 
not practicing with a shoulder injury. Every week it's something. This poor guy can't catch a break. They're calling him questionable. Uh, this is going to go down to game time most likely. So it's hard to say, you know, which of your Redskins tight ends you want to start. But whoever, whether it's Jordan Reed or not, uh, I would definitely say it's a good plan to go with the Redskins tight end. They're going to get a lot of work this week. It's a good matchup for them. Uh, as well as Jimmy Graham, another guy I like the matchup a lot for him this week. Kyle Rudolph, Eric Ebron. Uh, I can't say enough how much I like Eric Ebron. We'll get to that in a few minutes when we get to the daily fantasy pick. C.J. Federitz, again, going to be a good matchup, even though he's not going to score a ton of points there. Unfortunately, Zach Ertz can't get any yards after contact, but he can catch the football, which is more than most of the Eagles' offense can say. Kobe Fleener, Travis Kelsey. Uh, Kelsey's poised to have a pretty big day as well. As far as guys in matchups, I don't like quite as much. Dennis Pitta, definitely. Uh, Jason Witten. Thursday night games always are a little squirrely, and the matchup against that defense, not a favorable one. Jack Doyle, who has kind of fallen from grace here. I think we all remember he had a couple of big weeks, and now it's been like crickets the last few. Hopefully having Andrew Luck helps, uh, having him back helps, and maybe he can get back on track, but I'm not taking my chances on him this week. Jared Cook, same deal, not totally healthy, not really gelling in this lineup yet, and there's just so many other options to throw to. He's not seeing the targets. Lance Kendricks, uh, just not not enough there. Vernon Davis, I'm kind of on the fence about it. I like him more as a flex option than a straight-up tight end, but he is probably your best waiver wire option, like Sherpa said. Um, and then as far as uh, kickers and defenses go, uh, kicker-wise, Adam Vinatieri had a rough week last week, but I think he's going to bounce back. Brandon McManus, Nick Novak, Josh Lambeau, Will Lutz, Matt Prater we talked about earlier in the show. Uh, he's been having quite the season. That's going to continue this week. Stay far, far away from Graham Gano, Mike Nugent, uh, Robbie Gould. There's just You have much better options. I know some of the names are good. You think it's going to be a good thing in your lineup, but it's, it's not worth it. Um, and then as far as defenses go, you know, some of the, the usual suspects on top of the list here, Denver, Seattle, uh, New England, you know, it can be hit or miss. I like playing them more with the matchup. This is a good matchup for them this week. The Chargers, uh, their defense really doesn't get enough publicity. They're not talked about enough for uh, the kind of points they're putting out there, and they are making differences. It's just you know, all we ever talk about is the fact that the Chargers only play 58 minutes of football and Phillip Rivers has to throw for 500 yards every game for them to have a shot at winning. Um, the Packers defense Winston this might week. For 500 yards this week. <laughs> yeah, you might. The Packers defense this week, uh, I think, is it's a good play. I'd stay okay. far away from Minnesota, uh, the Giants, Texans, Carolina, the Rams. Uh, definitely better options out there for you this week. I like Dallas a lot. Um, Green Bay, you mentioned. New England, you mentioned. Mm-hmm. And uh, Arizona against Washington. I know we see that game. You see that game being a little more high scoring than I do. Uh, yeah. Um, love Seattle against Carolina. Not that you're going to find them on the waiver wire in any league. It's competitive. So those are the ones that I like. Um, I would actually avoid San Diego's defense this week just because we see the game differently. And. Mm-hmm. I would also avoid Kansas City's defense against Atlanta. I, I don't like their matchup either. Fair enough, fair enough. I, I have a lot more confidence in the Kansas City defense, I think, than you <laughs> And that's okay. Well, I just think Atlanta's offense is pretty darn good. I mean, you know, it's not just Matt Ryan. You know, the running game has been pretty solid all season two, and you know how much of that is Matt Ryan, who's to say, but... You know, yeah. uh, you know, Devontae Freeman has proved that last year wasn't um, a complete uh, fluke. And, of course, it helps that Tevin Coleman has been hurt most of the season and didn't do too Freeze much. Freeze up some of those carries for sure. Yeah, so be interesting there. So um, why, don't you, why don't you go ahead and uh, go through the DFS recommendations for this week and then we have a couple minutes left at the end and want to just talk some playoff strategy um, with you sure. in the time we have left. Yeah, yeah, we'll have a couple of minutes here. Um, as far as daily picks go this week, 
couple of good stacking options. Uh, Buffalo, for sure, loving that one this week. New Orleans and uh, Detroit, probably the three that I'm most interested in. Uh, you can kind of always make a case for for New England, but for me, I think I like these three the best this week. Quarterback-wise, uh, Drew Brees, it's worth the bang for your buck this week. He's playing at home. I can't say enough about that. Colin Kaepernick, if you're looking for a little bit of a cheaper option, a little riskier, but I think it could play well this week. Tyrod Taylor, Alex Smith, kind of in that same vein. Matt Stafford, uh, as we talked about earlier, Ryan Fitzpatrick, if you're going to play him any week, this is the week to do it. This is the matchup to do it. Um, and if you're feeling a little wild for your daily fantasy picks, you know, let's save, save a few bucks there, spend them somewhere else. Maybe on running backs, uh, Le'Veon Bell I think could be a could have a nice game this week. David Johnson kind of goes without saying. Uh, Mark Ingram, as long as he's healthy enough to get on the field, I'm happy starting him. Jordan Howard, Carlos Hyde, uh, Rashad Jennings, the price is right. Uh, maybe more of a flex option there for me, but Theo Riddick, Devontae Booker, all good good to go for me this week. Uh, as far as wide receivers go. I talked about it earlier. Julian Edelman has been seeing a ton of targets. I'm talking like 28 over the last two weeks. I'd love to see that trend continue, and I think it will, so absolutely capitalize on that. Mike Evans, most targeted wide receiver in football, kind of goes without saying. I want him in my daily fantasy lineup. Golden Tate, Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, Michael Crabtree, Stephon Diggs, uh, I think all both good value, and you're going to get more than what you're paying for it. Uh, tight ends, Travis Kelsey, far and away, uh, my favorite pick this week. Kobe Fleener, C.J. Federitz, Vance McDonald, Eric Ebron, uh, Antonio Gates or Kyle Rudolph, a little lower on my list, but all good options as well. And as far as defenses go, uh, kind of a no-brainer here. Denver, Seattle, if you're looking to get more of a value pick, maybe Washington. But a lot of good options. It's nice not having a ton of buys this week and uh with games being at least closer, we don't have a ton of blowouts here. You get a little more to choose from. So, like I said, if you like to stack, go Buffalo, go uh, New Orleans or Detroit, and I think you'll have a winning lineup. Okay, so now with the couple minutes that we have left, I just want to pose to you the question that I started addressing earlier in the show. But you know, suppose that you're already uh, locked in to – a playoff spot, but you know you you know that you're not going to be one of the top couple seeds, and you're not going to get a buy. Do you care where you're seated? If it's three through six or four through eight, do you care? Or five through no. eight? Do you care where you're seated, or do you? So then the question becomes: Would you be willing to punt this week if you've already clinched a spot, but not a seating? Would you be willing to punt this week if it allowed you to um, line up some guys that you thought would help your prospects in the in the playoff weeks yeah I absolutely would be um I just to me if I'm not getting a buy the seating doesn't matter too too much to me um especially in in the the leagues that I have already clinched playoff spots um if they aren't buys to me it's not a huge difference when it comes to seating like my guys still got to go out there and play like I, I still have to it does, it's not like I'm going to pick my lineup differently if I'm playing uh, a one seed or a six seed. It's still going to be whatever the best lineup is, not how I best match up with somebody else. Uh, so I would absolutely, you know, take this week and punt it, so to speak, so that I could get my ducks in a row for the next two or three weeks, depending how your playoffs are set up. But, yeah, I would absolutely do that. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, that that would be my – philosophy, but um, I just think it's easier to do that with wide receivers and tight ends than it is with yeah. running backs. Running backs, pretty much anyone worth their weight in salt is, is gone from the waiver wire already, but mm-hmm. yeah, unless you want to take a chance on somebody like Adrian Peterson coming back in week 16, but again... Hey, I, 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 don't I know a guy in one of my leagues, Mark he never Banks. dropped him because he's hoping he's got him for that last week or so of the season... And he's he's got an ace in his pocket. He thinks I I don't know if it's the best idea ever, but you know we'll. Was we'll he going to be happens. in the playoffs or not? Yes, he's going to be in the playoffs. Oh, okay. so we're gonna we're gonna yeah, see I how just, it goes. I think you got to get to week sixteen. I'd be more concerned with my matchups in week fourteen and fifteen. I mean, ideally, I like I said before, you want somebody that has good matchups in all three weeks. My second choice would be to 
have somebody that has um, good matchups in weeks um, mm-hmm. 14 and 15, but not 16. And then finally, if I have the choice between somebody with a good matchup in week 14 versus good matchups in weeks 15 and 16, I'm still going with the guy in week 14 and thinking that I can probably uh, find get somebody. There. Yeah, somebody for the other weeks on the waiver wire after next week mm-hmm. then. Well, we definitely want to hear what you have to say. Find us all over social media all week long at JKIM16 and Fantasy underscore Sherpa on Twitter, at the Fantasy Football Sherpa fan page on Facebook, and at FantasyFootballSherpa.com all week long. We'll be back next Wednesday night from 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time, as we are every week, with all of your news and notes, injuries, starts, sits, all that good stuff. So if you have questions, find us. Otherwise, we will see you guys next week. Good luck, unless, of course, you're playing me.